Hi everyone, welcome to HafaCast. My name is Rafael Morin, and every episode here is an interview, and we talk about design, development, work-life balance, expat life, mental health, history, and other cool stuff. Welcome. All right, everyone. I'm very excited to have here one of my friend and like ex-coworker of mine. Uh, his name is Ben Adam. He lives in Phoenix, Arizona, works for GoDaddy. He's a designer, but the thing that I most like about Ben is like, he not only do design stuff, he's like developer as well. Like he's very humble, so he's probably not bad. <laughs> he's going to be the pace himself when talks like about him. Some would, some would say that I'm the most humble. <laughs> Welcome, bro. I'm very happy to have you here. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's always fun to talk to you, dude. Miss you, man. <laughs> Have I forgot to say anything? Uh, no, I think you got it. Uh, maybe the only other detail that is worth noting is that I got three kids under three, so life is pretty crazy right now, but it's always a good time. Yeah, the new baby. I haven't, yeah, I haven't met yet. She's really cute. Oh, Oh yeah, you already yeah. yeah, it's true. Yo, yeah, I, yeah, I completely forgot, dude. I need to visit you soon as soon as possible. How is Arizona, by the way? Arizona's good. We finally made it through the summer. I I guess it's kind of ironic saying that on October thirtieth, but uh, it was like over a hundred degrees until like a week ago, and then it finally cooled down. So, yeah, it was a brutal summer. It was like every day was like. You know, we had the record for most days over 113 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so it was it was super hot. So I'm I'm pumped now that we can like run around outside and do more stuff, which is good. But uh, yeah, we're just living super that super jealous. Life. Yeah, but I'm super jealous of you. Like here in Stockholm, is like it's cold. Like every day is super cold, and now it's getting like close to zero Celsius. I don't know how is that in Fahrenheit? Yeah, so that would be like 32 degrees Fahrenheit or, uh, and then the other side of that is like 113 degrees Fahrenheit is 45 Celsius. So uh, it's like nice weather in Arizona now, but yeah, it's not that cold, <laughs> not, not even close. Yeah, yeah, every time that I have been there, I was like, we had like some strong discussions about which which place was more hot, Rio or Phoenix? I miss that that discussion because now my life pretty much suck in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you have a good good jacket by now. Yeah, no, actually, it's basically what I'm doing. I'm just buying like winter jackets. It's my new sport here, <laughs> dude. Like when we used to work together, you started like I remember that we were working the same thing, and you were like your role was like a design, but you called it quite a bit in your thing. Uh, first of all, what made you start like development? Yeah, that's a good question. So my background, uh, I've taken a very wayward path to what I do today, and I don't think that I'll stay where I'm at for too long. Um, but a little background. So 
I, uh, I didn't go to college for design or web development. Uh, I went to college uh, at the or the Arizona State University in Tempe, which is where I live. And I studied, uh, I studied in a degree program called sustainability. And my emphasis was in international development. So you can think of that as like a degree program that's kind of like half of an economics degree and half of an environmental science degree. And so it's like really broad general uh, degree, but like in an interesting, you know, interesting conversations and you learn about interesting things. But the problem is, is that when you have a degree like that, you don't have any skills to actually go get a job. So that's basically what happened to me is I graduated in 2010 from college and it was like right at the like, you know, point where the US and globally had hit uh, economic recession. So like the markets crashed in 2008 and then they like kind of were like, you know, starting to, they hadn't really rebounded yet. So we were kind of at this like pit of despair where there was not a lot of great jobs. And so I graduated in that uh, climate with a degree that didn't, you know, have great, uh, great like potential for getting a job, especially a job that I was interested in doing. Yeah. So my main criteria for a job is like, I didn't want to do sales. I didn't want to do like I, I wanted to like work on a Mac computer. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> that was like my main criteria. So I couldn't find anything that that sounded interesting um, and I was having a hard time finding a job. So uh, I I had been like kind of playing around with WordPress at the time and uh, just like, you know, how do you like it used to be really hard to like install a wordpress theme and like uh you know set up uh you know set up your wordpress environment and all that with hosting and whatnot so i figured out how to do that so i could like create a blog and then someone saw my blog and they asked if i could like help create a website for them and so i basically did the same thing at this point i didn't know how to code at all but i knew how to like youtube enough to you know, get a, a WordPress site set up for them. So I started doing that for this business and, and uh, it was fun. And I really enjoyed kind of like working in a more creative environment where you kind of have to figure things out and, and solve problems. And so I started doing that as a business with a friend and we basically uh, did like uh, websites and branding and videos for small businesses here in Arizona. And uh, we did that for about two and a half years. And we hardly, we didn't make any money, but uh, I mean, we made money, but like not enough to live off of really, uh, other than the fact that, you know, we were young kids and didn't have any responsibilities or expenses. So it worked, but learned a ton over that. And so that's kind of how I started doing design and web development. Um, my partner in that business was uh, an architect uh, or he came from an architecture background. So he had a lot more training in like the design skills, uh, especially, you know, like using tools like Adobe Illustrator or InDesign um, or some of those. And uh, yeah, that's what we started doing. We would do even do our web design using Adobe Illustrator back in the day. It's really great. So you told us that it's like you spent like two years and after these two years, you decided like, this is what I want to do. It's really cool when I want to keep in this field or uh, like af after everything like that, uh, like 
you you had like doubts about it, like you were not quite sure, or was like, oh, I really want that. So the big the big thing for me is I was enjoying like the work side of things, but I did not enjoy the stress of like trying to do a business and not making very much money. And this was the point where I actually had started dating my wife, uh, my now wife, and I was like, I need to make I need to make more money. <laughs> And I need like help. I need like health insurance and stuff like that, which is one of those things in the U.S. where you have to your employer pays for you know a huge portion of your health insurance. And so, uh, so fortunately, I was able to get a job through a friend um, that kind of leveraged some of the work that I had done over those you know two years of doing the business uh, for an education tech company. Um, in in Chandler, Arizona, uh, they're called uh, now they're called StrongMind. Uh, you can look them up; they're still around. They do some cool stuff. So that was the yeah, that was my first intro into tech, uh, and I kind of did like a a pretty broad range of stuff. I did like uh, a lot of like content, uh, you know, like writing newsletters and like doing scripts for videos. Yeah, and then even doing some development of like pages for uh you know capturing uh traffic from digital ads so it's more on the marketing side of things but that was the first uh tech job i had that was very actually is very nice uh well you were talking i was remembering that for me it was kind of like i started to, to program when i was a kid and i remember that i was finishing the high school and I was thinking, like, who's the fool that's going to pay me for, like, be a programmer? Because I didn't know the programmer, like, could be, like, a profession. Uh, and you're talking right now, like, WordPress and this whole technologies. Back, back to the past, WordPress was, like, everything. Like, everyone was doing WordPress websites. And it's crazy because now you have worked, like, I mean, you work in the website builder, for GoDaddy as well, right? Yeah, it's it is kind of funny to come full circle to to work on that. And actually, we just merged teams with the WordPress team, so now they're a part of like our organization. So um, all the work that GoDaddy is doing in WordPress is now like kind of uh, at least the same team now, which is which is pretty crazy. But yeah, I'm super jealous of you that you kind of got exposed to programming really early. How did like how did that happen? Was it because your dad knew how to program or how did you get into programming yourself dude you're trying to rob like the interview like <laughs> i'm just curious i, I actually <laughs> how you got started no for sure you're like 10 years younger than me and you've been programming twice as long <laughs> <laughs> no for sure i can give a brief story it was basically like when i was a kid uh, uh my father used to have like a painting blog and I had to delete the painting blog after he died. So once I saw how a blog worked, I was very excited. Then I started to learn HTML and CSS, but I didn't know doing stuff beyond that. So one year later, I watched the movie like Social Network, uh, which is I saw what they were doing and I got super excited. Like people that can work and like you, I didn't want to work uh, on sales or other stuff like that. I wanted to keep like doing things on my MacBook 
And for me, that was enough motivation. I started to really like programming. When I realized it, I created like a social network for my friends in the school. Uh, so they started to use, then Facebook came to Brazil later or something like that. I mean, Facebook was already there, but not so strong. Then they, everyone, everyone migrated from my social network to Facebook and then I lost all people. But for me, it was enough motivation. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was very happy with, with the things that I have done. And, I wanted to keep like keep doing that. So for me it was well basically if I had to say like in the short version, I would say that is basically my story. So you're basically Brazilian Mark Zuckerberg. Uh yeah, but much, much more much <laughs> poor. Uh like Mark <laughs> Mark got money, a lot of money, and I'm still like struggling here. <laughs> Touche. I mean, yeah, but you yeah, you can say you can say something like that because both were using PHP in that time. Uh, uh, actually, I only use it PHP because I watched the movie, <laughs> which yeah, I kind of re regretted later. Not because I don't like PHP, but it's not the language that I may use now. So I feel that was like two years of my life that I basically uh, was learning a language that I didn't use much later. But the act of like creating something is really powerful. Yeah. I think that that's something that people who take non-traditional paths uh, learn earlier is that like when you, when you take a risk to like to create something and make something new, like you might not use the thing that you made, but you, you learn something along the way that it becomes a foundation for the next thing that you're going to learn. And, uh, and, and it really like starts to like build up over time. And so I, I think that even if you're not using PHP, like you learn something from that experience that taught, that really accelerated the process and the next, you know, the next thing that you were trying to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel, I mean, I was just joking, but uh, I do feel the same way. And you just bring my question <laughs> that I was going to do for you right now. Like about if you had to describe the learning curve to like starting code uh from to you that like like work also as a design so i feel that you have a better uh, perspective than most of developers because you could see like different fields but this is just my humble opinion like if you have to say what is the like for example for someone enter in the front end area right now how you been feel about like the learning curve to start code today? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think so like when I really started learning how to code, we were already kind of in this like node focused front end world where a lot of stuff was, you know, on NPM. Although when I started, it was kind of like still the competition between Bower, uh, if you remember Bower and NPM for package management, Bower was more front end focused and NPM was more like node focused. Uh, and so like, there was just such a huge learning curve of like, oh man, I gotta learn, like I gotta like learn some command line, you know, to be able to like install a uh, node on my machine. Um, you know, I have to, uh, you know, get this project set up so that I can, you know, run it locally. And then you're like, okay, I've learned some CSS and HTML, but now SAS or less is like the thing. And so I had to kind of like wade through all of that. Um, and I, 
I don't know. It's not the, it's not ideal. Um, and I think that one of the things that I'm excited about, especially now that we have for the most part, evergreen browsers, uh, is this new like world where you have ES modules and JavaScript. Um, you have tools like uh, Snowpack um, that are really like helping the like web community kind of move back to the roots of like, just open up an HTML file in your browser and you have something there, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, without having to do like all of this advanced setup um, that maybe you do later on, but like the entry. The other thing that's really exciting to me is like the tools that are available now for like learning how to code. Like you have tools like Replit, um, which, you know, you can spin up a programming environment for almost any language in the cloud and it's free, which is incredible. Um, and then you have things like Code Sandbox where you can get like a, you know, a JavaScript environment with like a click of a button and you don't have to do all that other stuff if you wanna learn React or you wanna learn something like that. So I, I think that like in some senses, like there's a lot of complexity still, but um, the like, you know, the resources, the content, the tools are just so much like better now um, really the thing that comes down to it is just doing something. I think one of the downsides of having a ton of resources is that you're tempted to just look at the resources and never start building anything. At, at some point you got to just commit and say, okay, I'm going to build a personal website for myself. I'm going to build, you know, like a small application. I'm going to build, I'm going to build something and it's going to suck. But if you're okay with that and realize that it's part of the process, like, you have to suck at something before you're going to be good at it. Like that happens 100% of the time for any skill. Um, yeah. You're going to be terrible at it. Yeah. And if you embrace that and you're, you know, like you embrace the fact that like you're not going to start out as an expert, but that you can compare yourself to where you were yesterday. And if you're better than you were yesterday, then you're making progress. Dude, that is exactly how I feel because now I like, uh, also, uh, like trying to learn something new, which is like guitar. Uh, and I pretty much suck. Like uh, at least the first month I was like, I was like, dude, I suck. Like, I, there's no other word really stressful in the beginning, but I also had to remember that, uh, when I started, I didn't really have much, that much pressure like in programming because I was just a kid that really liked code. So I didn't create a timeline. I'm, and I feel that most of the, this is basically one of the biggest reasons that kids learn better than adults is because they don't create like expectations about learning. It's more open to learn than adults, yes. But they don't have expectations like they if they are trying something new they're going to try and they're gonna let themselves fail but if they are like if he's uh adult it's like we're just thinking like oh my god like i need to learn this at least one year otherwise like i don't know if like programming is for me i need to learn how to do to play one music like one in two months at least otherwise music is not for me and kids are more open to that. They let themselves fail. For example, I visit like a school here and it's funny because you see like Brazilian kids, they have like four years old learning Swedish better than adults. And they, I read speak 
Portuguese, like they are actually changing their, their native language, but they are so open to fail and they practice it most of the time. That is like, they're really learning and every, every, like people like us go for like Swedish classes and we're like, oh my God, what they're going to think if I say this wrong or if I say this right, how much time I should invest in this. And it's basically what you said, like we should let ourselves fail. Otherwise we're not going to learn anything. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the like analogy of learning another language to speak is a, is such a great example. Um, it's a little ironic to talk about this because I pretty much only speak English, even though I've taken, you know, years of Spanish classes in school and whatnot. But the biggest difference between someone who learns fast and someone who learns slow is their willingness to just put themselves out there, like to speak and make mistakes and to like try and have a conversation with someone. So like if two people are learning the language and one person is just like, you know, studying, you know, like the grammar and studying like the vocabulary over and over. And the other person goes out to a bar and tries to have a conversation. The person who goes out and has the conversation is going to learn much faster. And, you know, they'll be able to go back and read the book and understand some of the mistakes that they're making. But it's just like incredible how, uh, how the application or like putting yourself out there, like impacts how quickly you can learn. And you're right about kids. Like, you know, I have three kids now and they don't even think about failure. Like to them, they're just trying to do something and they're unable to do it. And sometimes they get frustrated about that, but they're not like thinking about this future event that, you know, that could potentially happen of them being embarrassed or failing or something like that. They're just trying things. And like, yeah, it'd be, it, it's kind of amazing to try and like have that mindset when you're, when you're learning things, like where you're just, like not aware of yourself, you kind of forget about yourself and you're just, you know, trying and you're not yeah, like Yeah, you remember me that. when I joined GoDaddy. A friend like of ours was like, was joking after two years that like, how they hired this guy because I could barely speak English. I was so nervous and also my grammar and everything that I knew about English was pretty bad. So I would say that two years, uh, three years ago, I was like, shoot. I need to learn English. So I applied for the GoDaddy job. And when I joined it, people were like talking English fluently. And I was like, I felt so threatened. Like I felt like a huge pressure to learn the language. And was basically that after three or four, four months, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best and going to let myself fail. And like I can learn on the way, but the first four months were so stressful for me because I wanted to help the team, but like my English was not like, was not quite good. So I was like feeling frustrated now. So like, uh, had this like every night almost because I had to like switch my mind to understand what you guys were saying. And after like, I just unlock, like, okay, I can, I can fail. I have been failing like for four months. What else can change? Like I need to learn this. And, but in the same way, I cannot force myself to learn with like a milestone. I need to like understand that I'm not that good right now, but I'm like, I'm eager. Okay. I want you to do this in the future. And I end up to like the time that it takes for get better. And that helped me to just be cool 
And once I started to get cool, like, like a kid, I started to learn very fast. I was like, I found that like my English kind of jumped like one year after I just unlocked that. Yeah, I actually remember that pretty well. I remember the first time that you could Tempe. But, well, what's awesome about that is like, that's such a great example of like, I've been thinking about this like quote a lot recently um, that you can't grow when you're comfortable like a huge amount of growth because of that, you know, like you're, you under, you don't understand something. So that motivates you to go back and look something up or to like research, which then like propels your growth forward. And then you fail again. And then you do that again and you learn each step of the way. And now like, you know, like you're fluent in English and you have the confidence to go do that again. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Swedish or I hope so. whatever <laughs> uh, other language, you know? Swedish is quite hard. Uh, actually, uh, I mean, English is it was easier for me because, like, like even if you don't want, you're, you have English words in your daily lives, and Swedish is like I sometimes I just lost. Like they are doing stuff, and like even for me, say like Shikling can like talk for the dogs. Like I mean, they are like, oh, you have a good pronunciation. Like, but I like, hmm, I do really have that. I don't know because I cannot even understand if I say it right. But yeah, I am very beginner in Swedish. I need to practice it much more. But yeah, let's. <laughs> do your coworkers speak English or do they, like at work? At work, do, do your coworkers speak English or Swedish? They speak English. So it's, this is the hardest part. But uh, uh, I basically, I go for a church. Well, I was going actually because COVID closed the church again here in Sweden. And then, but we were speaking uh, Swedish. So it was good for me to practice it. But when at first I was so confused, like we were praying and they are like, blah, 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 tak Jesus. And I was like, what? I, I barely could understand what they were saying. I had only to agree with the like the preaching, but I don't understand what they were praying. I just understand that they are like in the end they say it like "Thank you, Jesus," and that was it. So in the beginning it was really hard, but after some time I feel that I'm like I'm I'm able to understand like some words, and that helped me to understand like what they are talking about. But yeah, it's gonna take a time. Yeah. Well, it makes sense too, because you're not like as immersed in it yeah. as everybody that can speak English. <laughs> Dude, but like this learning curve that we talk it like this, like right now is, is crazy because uh, I feel that like, at least for you, for me, I was impressed, like impresses me when I remind, like when I remember uh the time that you worked with me in the same thing you were like doing design like screens and like the concept and also coding like prototypes like very deeply like i told you many times that you could like be an engineer in any any company that i have worked in and i, I mean it's still true like you could be an engineer in spotify as well and for me this always impresses me how you how you feel that this affected like your daily work like like know how to code and know how to do design like how you feel about it yeah that's a good question um 
so a little bit more detail like on my path, I guess. So like I started out as uh, like really being, so after I worked at the education software company, uh, I moved to an agency uh, where I was doing UX design. Um, and so I was like really, you know, heavy on the design side of things. Um, but over time, I really started getting like frustrated that like I was just drawing a picture of the thing that I wanted to like exist, but like it was dead. Like it wasn't like I wanted to be able to bring it to life. So that was a big motivating factor in learning how to code. Um, and so like over the years, kind of like I was still improving as a designer. Um, and I think that there's not as many good resources for learning design uh, on your own as there is for learning to code on your own. I think it's actually a lot easier to learn how to code than it is to learn how to design, which is unfortunate because you have a lot of like really talented people. And at the end of the day, if you break down the concepts into like the core fundamentals, they're really like, they're, they're really manageable. And you can start thinking like you have like your foundation uh, of design, which is like, uh, you know, typography and grids and, um, and color, right? And so you're, you start thinking kind of on these primitives and in, in coding, you have data structures, right? Um, you, you learn about like the different data types and how that's kind of the foundation for like the programming that you're gonna be doing. And then you kind of build on that and you add techniques and you get experience. Um, so for me, like it was kind of like layering that in and like trying to build the things that I was designing. Um, and now like I have an interesting challenge and area that I feel like I need to grow in a lot is because now that like I have the ability to build almost anything that I want to be able to build or that I could design, like that almost becomes a handicap, uh, because now instead of like uh thinking about like really divergent paths that you can go down in terms of the experience uh i can get really focused on one and really start moving on to that like implementation and thinking about okay how am i going to build this versus what is the right thing to build and so i think that that's the mentality of like balancing those two things of like okay how do i build this is fundamentally different than like what should i be building to begin with and so a lot of it is like having to go back to the beginning and back to the fundamentals and relearning like, okay, like am I, um, you know, am I uh, considering all the different op options here? Um, and I think that like another thing about design and code that's interesting is that when you get to like a certain level of proficiency, like being really good at coding is not the same as like typing out the letters on the screen and knowing what letters to type. It's the creativity that is like underneath that and like being able to like think of like new ideas of like how to do something that maybe you haven't done before. And the same with design, right? Like once you learn how to like use the different tools, whether it be Figma or Sketch or even Illustrator, like you're just drawing boxes <laughs> and like, you know, like applying some techniques to like put, you know, shadows in and layer things and like pull in imagery to like make it like an aesthetic design but like that part is gets really easy um the hard part is being able to be creative and so i think that that's really like the big growth area for me like as i continue to to develop my skills is like you develop like proficiency but like you also have to be growing in your creativity and creativity is not like limited to design or engineering. Like creativity is like being able to make connections 
and uh, and think of new possibilities. And so becoming like a better creative thinker makes you a better designer and it also makes you a better coder. And that's really where I'm focused right now. Yeah, that is actually, there's, yeah, seems very challenging as well because creativity is, is something that you have to, I feel that is like a muscle. We have to practice quite a bit and like, otherwise it's, I feel that it's going to, it's like, there's a documentary uh, about music that Dr. Dre talks about it, creativity stuff is more like things that you never can stop doing things. Otherwise, like you're just going to lose the way that you think, the different way you, you think about the world and stuff. And I feel that it's, it's challenging. Like you said, code is so much more easy for learning. Like you could go for like uh, uh, any website. You could Google like, oh, how I want to do this, how I want to uh, I want you to do a website, I want you to do an app, and you could see like thousands of videos, thousands of articles about like how really start using different technologies. But when you think about design, it's like you said, you don't find really, even if you find a tutorial is more like a conversation to kind of guide you into something that you want to build, not really like steps by steps. Yeah. So like design is really easy to like, you could like, it's like kind of like cooking a recipe or like cooking, like anybody can follow like a recipe and say, okay, I need one cup of flour. I need two eggs, you know, I need chocolate chips or whatever to make cookies. But the next level of creativity is like, how do you invent new recipes? Like, how do you like understand like the flavors and how they can fit together to like, make something that's interesting. And I think that that's like design and, and coding is like, you get to a certain level where like, okay, like you can follow the recipes, but now you're like thinking about like, okay, like how do I think at a level where I'm not just like reproducing something that already exists, but like I'm actually creating something new. And, uh, and that's really what creativity is, is just taking something that doesn't exist today and bringing it into the world. And, uh, and so one of my favorite tools right now that I've been like really enjoying is uh, Rome Research. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of Rome Research? Yes. So what's really cool, like Rome is like a note taking app, um, but like basically everything is like bullet points. Um, but the really cool thing is that you can start to connect uh, ideas. So they have page references and block references. And so like, if I want to reference like an idea, I can just like type a couple brackets and put the, like the keyword in there. And now like all of the places that I've like referenced that keyword show up on the same page. And so like, it's really cool for like connecting just like stream of consciousness and like different thoughts about, you know, whether it be ideas for a business or uh, I think a lot about like what I want to like, you know, the life I want to create for our kids and like education. Um, I think a lot about, you know, like the different problems that going that I'm facing at work and just like kind of like every time I kind of learn like something new, like to be able to just put it in there. And then like creativity is really just about like taking those different ingredients that are all over the place and putting them together into something that is like, you know, delicious or creative and expressive. So. I've been I've been having a lot of fun with Rome. It's, it, I would highly recommend checking it out. I mean, yeah, that is actually 
it's a very good su uh, subject. I would love to have like one more episode just about it because creativity is so good, like subject to talk about it. But well, last question right now, which role, which position do you see yourself right now? You're more like a designer, you're more like a developer engineer. How do you feel about yourself? Yeah, that's a, uh, like, I, I struggle with this a little bit. Um, I think that I, I like to think of myself as a designer still, uh, even though the reality is like, I spend most of my time writing code. Um, I think that like code has the potential to be like a design canvas. Um, and like, it's not like when you're a designer, uh, if you're designing a toy, like what the toy looks like is one aspect, but like how the toy like provides entertainment to a child, for example, is like a whole another aspect that you want to think about um, if you're a toy designer, right? And so like when I think of myself as a designer, um, like a product designer or whatever, like I'm not just thinking about like what it like what it looks like, uh, you know, like what the, what the front end looks like, but like what does it feel like to go through the experience? And then like, how can you create an experience that delivers that? Um, so I would say that I still think of myself as a designer, uh, but a lot of my interests, these are like, uh, I'm really interested in like different technologies that like are empowering. Like I've been uh, playing a lot with like some of the no code tools like Airtable, and uh, like Zapier and um, like you could like, as like a non-technical person, like it's kind of the same thing. Like you're learning how to program um, even though you're not like writing like text characters into like a text editor to like execute code, you're still thinking like as a program, right? Like when you connect different nodes together like in an automation or something like that. Um, and you're thinking about like, okay, what is the data that's coming in and what is coming out? And like what that enables is like hugely empowering. So I think that that's like really interesting. And I think that like code is like always going to be like a tool um, that like, it's like the most, it's like a power tool, right? Um, and uh, I want to get good at like using it at the right places and time to like maximize the value or to make like the experience like you know to perfect the experience but i don't want to use it as a crutch like i don't want to come to every problem with code as the solution right and so that's i think the next the next progression is like getting past uh like code is a tool right and so like i've invested a ton of time into learning different technologies uh, and and like you know some of the solutions that are available but at the end of the day like you want to solve the problem and create the best experience. And like, if you don't have to write code to do that, then, you know, you shouldn't like, you know, force, you know, force that into the situation, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I mean, if you ask me, I would say that you are both actually, both design and both <laughs> engineer uh, <laughs> is, and I feel that like, honestly, I always told you, I mean, we always talk about this and like, I feel they shouldn't have more positions like that, that, I mean, you don't have to be good in everything, but it's 
for me is amazing that like uh like developers know a little bit about design and like at least and designers know a little bit about developers like and is the development and it's great because you like you kill so many problems with that like for example like design systems uh in companies if the whole team is, is like composed by designers only sometimes they don't understand like the problems that engineers have like using like one type of ui component that they design so i feel that is like and it's great and also this work like in the in the other way as well like uh you can feel that like developers if they know design uh they will at least think more about use design system or like use a pattern instead of like create like update own components that like ideas that they had uh but <laughs> no one told them to do that then you could see like a lot of like infrastructure uh like internal service like with like different like layouts that they never have been planned but the developers thought that would be nice to have something like that yeah yeah for sure i think that like once you start to see code as a tool then uh rather than a solution is really empowering and then code could be a really useful tool for solving that problem but like some problems are created by yeah code. you know what i mean um uh, and so I think that like, that's, yeah, like being able to like identify like what the root of the problem is. And maybe it's like, maybe we don't need to like code anything. Maybe we just need to like get rid of the garbage that is making everything hard <laughs> or whatever. Maybe we need to delete stuff instead of add more code. Yeah, definitely. Well, bro, I honored just to have you like talking here. Uh, and I mean, if. You know that if you if I don't like say all right this is done we could like be talking about this like uh, design development like forever. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Well, it was fun. It was fun chatting with you, dude. And uh, it's fun. It'll be fun to listen to the podcast. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, it's fun. If anybody listens, uh, definitely hit hit me up on Twitter if you have any questions. Well, well, just glad that you are here. Like. And we have this amazing conversation. Thank you, bro.